Is Dennis Grossell the answer for Boston College for the 2021 season? We're going to talk all about this and much more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. I am the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. Thank you all who follow. On today's show, he's been the most polarizing figure in Boston College sports since Quentin Porter. We're going to talk about Dennis Grossell and whether he should continue being the quarterback for Boston College. In a moment, we'll have Mitch Wolf, who will join and talk about the ins and outs of what you know how easy it is to change a quarterback. But let's look at where the Boston College's quarterback situation is right now. Now, if you watched Saturday's game, you saw a quarterback, Dennis Grossell, who struggled in all phases of the game. He couldn't hit the long passes. There were many passes to Zay Flowers that were wide open, and he couldn't hit them. That was game changing. And and for those of you out there that were like, man, you know, if Grossell wasn't out there, we'd win this game. Well, yes and no. And so we'll look at, you know, what Grossell can do. So Grossell is a backup quarterback. And to be fair, he going into the season, if you listen to me before Jakovic got hurt, I said Dennis Grossell is the best backup quarterback in the ACC. And with what Jeff Halfley had, I think that's still true. If you look in the in the world of college sports, other than Blue Bloods, because Blue Blood teams like Clemson, like Oklahoma, Ohio State, Georgia, you know, those schools, they can get four and five stars as their backups. Teams like Boston College, Wake Forest, UVA, you know, Duke, uh, Michigan State, they're not going to be able to get elite backups. So when you get a guy like Dennis Grossell, a guy who's played for Boston College as a starter for two seasons, you feel good about what he can do for you. You feel good that he can do what you can do. And you are not going to, when you have a guy like Grossell, your thought may be, well, if Gross, if Dracovic goes down, he was hurt twice last year. Why can't you get another recruit from either, you know, a true freshman or a, a transfer? Now, let me let me break this down, both of you. So a transfer, first of all, right? Just take out Jakovic's injury at this point. If you are a elite recruit, say you're a guy like at Jakovic's level two years ago. Are you going to go to a situation like Boston College where there's a quarterback already in place heading into the 2021 season? You may be a fan of going, yeah, but you can battle for him and you can do it. Take your fandom out of this. Think as a player. If you are Will Levis, who is a good recruit that transferred, is he going to go to Boston College? Absolutely not. Because... He knows Phil Dracovic is going to be the starter. And so heading into the season, you already know that Dennis Grossell is probably going to be as good as you're going to get because you're not going to get transfers. 
you're not going to because A, they're not going to want to play here, and B, what message does that send to the locker room? You have Dennis Grossell, a guy who threw for 520 yards against UVA, sitting on your bench, and you're going to go in and bring somebody else in? A guy who's waited his turn. He could have transferred, and you're gonna send. You're gonna bring in somebody else. Yeah, again, as a fan, you may go, "Oh yeah, well, you know, uh, he should grow bigger skin." Get your fandom out of this. Think of as a player. Think of what they think. Think of you know Jalen Cheek, the backup cornerback right now. If he thinks, "Oh, you know, next year I've been working really hard, but they're just gonna bring in a transfer to just take my spot." Maybe I'm just going to go someplace else and play. You got to think about the culture in the locker room when you make a decision to bypass Dennis Grossell to get somebody else in here when Grossell hadn't done anything wrong. So the preseason stuff doesn't make any sense because you had your answer for a backup right there. You're not going to get better than Dennis Grossell. Now, the true freshman situation, that's a bigger conversation, right? So Halfley's been at Boston College for about 18 months, right? He came in about January last year. It's a little bit more than 18 months. But he's had a recruiting class and a half, right? So last year, he came in and he brought Matt Reeve from St. Xavier in Ohio, a kid who didn't really have many Power 5 offers, And he didn't do much on the recruiting trail. Nice kid to bring in late in a recruiting class, but is he, he's not, he's, he's definitely not Spencer Rattler, right? He's not a true freshman. You can bring in and just like, boom, he's going to play you then. So he's going to take some time. He's, he's, he's a developmental player and that's what Boston college is made of. So he's a developmental player. Then this is the name I hear over and over and over again. Emmett Moorhead who comes in in 2021. He comes in the spring of this year. He did not play a senior season. I talked to his coaching coaches and they were like, he's good, but he's going to take some time to develop. He's a little raw. That is what Emmett Moorhead is. You do not throw a true freshman who was a fifth. He was fifth on the depth chart going into this season onto the roster. Okay, he's gonna take some time, so you gotta give him some chance, right? Dalen Menard, I, you know what? If you want to argue that Dalen Menard should be out there, I'm not gonna argue with you because he could be, he could be, he definitely could be a a a a chance. He could definitely be it. But think about this as well, right? So, uh, you know, Grossell, he's played like seven or eight to eight games since, since 2019. Menard has not started since he was in junior a junior at his college at Chaminade. He he got hurt his senior year and hasn't played since. So you're if you're gonna play Dalen Menard, who is gonna be a senior next year, and then definitely be behind uh, Jakovic and whoever else they have, you're not gonna develop him. You don't need to develop Dalen Menard. Okay, so you're stuck with Grossell. What do you do? What do you do with Grossell? We're going to talk about that in just a moment. 
Prize Picks is the leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world and offer all the star players of the Power Five as well as the major players you may not have heard of. They can offer every prop you can think of from sacks to touchdowns to interceptions. You just pick two players or up to five in the over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. They allow mixed sports, so you could pick uh, Chris Sale and LeBron James. Using the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code Locked On to receive 100% Deposit match up to $100. Or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Now, are you in the process of doing work on your car? Why spend 30, 50, or 70% more when you could go to rockauto.com and save today? Rock Auto is a family business that have been serving auto park customers for over 20 years. They have reliably low prices for every customer. And when you go to rockauto.com, you can find everything you need on their easy-to-use website, including brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website and find the solutions to all your auto parts needs. And when you do, make sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear Buzz box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com this is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. We're, t- we're dissecting still the, the uh, aftermath of Saturday's loss to NC State. And as we talked about on Monday, one of the biggest topics that came out of that game was the play of Dennis Grossell. And you know, on Monday's episode, we talked to, uh, I talked with Mitch Wolf a little bit about the play of Grossell and, you know, what the, the internet's reaction has been. And I get it. I get it. So I want to talk about replacing a quarterback because I think a lot of people have misnomers about how easy it is. Like, I feel like people have played Madden so much that it's like, Oh, I just, you know, I hit a, and then that guy goes in and he's automatically as good as the other guy that was just in. So Mitch, we're here to talk about backups. It's going to be a fun conversation. huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm uh, thrilled to be talking about this. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I have to, though, because this is all anyone at BC, you know, like I, you know, this is a podcast that talks about the daily BC news. And this is like the big BC news right now. So we're going to get into it. So Grossell's struggling and I, I get the impression that people just want him gone. Now, Mitch, talk about like what that would entail. Like, what would that look like if Halfley was to just say, OK, next guy up, go ahead. So, you know, the big thing we've talked about over the past few weeks is that when you put in Grossell, the offense is limited basically by his physical ability. <clears throat> the problem, if you put in another backup like Dalen Menard or a freshman like Emmett Moorhead, is that the playbook shrinks even further just because they have not practiced those plays and they don't know how to execute them. <clears throat> and this is something we were talking about earlier is that they also, even if they did learn how to execute them, they haven't been executing them with the guys who are starters. So, you know, if you put in Menard or Moorhead, like they're not practicing with the ones they're not throwing to <clears throat> Zay Flowers, not throwing to Jalen Gill. They're throwing to Dante Reynolds, Lewis Bond, uh, whatever Robert Kraft's grandson on the team, whoever that is. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they don't have that chemistry. And like, I totally understand, you know, Grossell is still missing receivers. Like he doesn't have as much chemistry with Zay Flowers as Phil did for sure. 
but you know, he was, he was good. They had some chemistry in the Clemson game. He just missed on some of those deep throws. And I think that if, again, I'm a broken record here, but I think that if they, you know, stop asking him to throw the ball as deep down the field as he wants to, or thinks he has to, I think that'll help a lot. And the other thing that goes beyond just in terms of schematics or, you know, play style or whatever. And I said this a few weeks ago is that I really feel that if, if Halfley decides to bench or sell, I think that sends a really bad message to the team because this is a guy who was a former walk-on. He stuck it out. He didn't transfer when Phil won the job. He's like, I'm going to be the backup. I'm going to be here. I'm going to support this team. I love my guys. I love everybody here. I love the school. I want to play for this school and be with you. And I think the team knows that what's going wrong is not really Grossell's fault. So if you think about the Clemson game, a lot of the issues were on the offensive line because they didn't know how to handle the crowd. And, you know, Halfley talked about trying to simulate that. That's just incredibly hard to simulate, especially for a relatively new head coach after coming off a of COVID year. Like that's, and it showed um, against uh, NC state, tons of drops, not really Grossell's fault. You know, most of those were pretty on target. And even some of the ones that weren't just blatant drops, like think about the, um, throw to CJ Lewis that got uh, punched out by the defensive back, the touchdown, the near touchdown to Trey Barry that got punched out the contested throw to Zay flowers. that got uh, broken up. You know, that's at some point there were sometimes the receivers do need to make plays, but other times like they're just making mistakes. Like Jaden Williams had a bunch of drops and that's just, that's not on Grossell. And, you know, like I said, I think that when the chips are down for him, we saw this in the UVA game, he's trying to make these plays and come back. And he sometimes leads to turnovers and that, you know, he threw for 520 yards, but he also had like five turnovers. So you take some good with the bad, but anyways, I think that if they benched him, it would send a bad message to the team. I think it could fracture the locker room. And I think Halfley could lose the locker room because Grossell's play is not so bad that it's preventing this team from losing games. I know if you just look at it very bird's eye view level, okay, he's not playing great and the team is losing games X or, you know, A is to B is X is to Y, whatever, you know, you should bench him. I don't really don't think that's the case. I think that the team knows that he is trying his best. He's doing what he's being asked to do. And if you put in a guy that doesn't really know the offense as well, and I mean, I feel like we can agree that probably Dalen Bernard has some of the same physical limitations and a guy like Emmett Moorhead, I may have, you know, he probably has like more of a fill terms of play style, but he's a true freshman who hasn't taken a snap, you know, in, at college. And uh, he's just not going to have the mental, uh, the same mental capacity, but like the mental processing ability to go out there and win college football games. And, you know, I, I put this segment together with Mitch on purpose because I didn't, I don't want us to come across as Dennis Grossell stands as guys that are just like endlessly defending him because the truth is he hasn't been great, but I can also look at knowing based off of what I've seen based off of practices I've been to watching the spring game, knowing just the depth of this, this team and based off, I'm talking about the coaching staff here too, what they've said. Dennis Grossell is the best quarterback on this roster, whether you like it or not. It doesn't what you think doesn't change that. <laughs> okay. Like I don't, you know, I I'd hope that maybe there'd be a quarterback that would be the next Phil Dracovic, but okay. First of all, Dalen Menard, he could be, he he's one guy. I would agree with you. I'm not opposed to seeing what he could do at points, but as, as, as Mitch said, like you could lose the locker room if you bench Grossell for him. Now, Matt Weave and Emmett Moorhead are raw. They are raw and they are fourth and fifth string for a reason. Emmett Moorhead is a 
fifth string quarterback right now uh, going into the season. He's fourth string right now. He did not play his senior year in high school. He came to BC six months ago. He probably is not ready. So just throwing him out there, A, is not going to do anything. And B, you're risking ruining his psyche because he's not ready. (laughs) He's probably not ready for it. Um, so I don't know how else to say this. <laughs> I get. Yeah, I mean, like you, you put it perfectly. Like you could break the, you could break the locker room by taking Rosella, and you could theoretically break a young player by putting him in a position that he really can't succeed in. And you know, we see a lot of programs now. They'll like they'll they're willing to put in their true freshman quarterbacks, like Clemson was with Trevor Lawrence, like Alabama was with Tua, and Jalen Hurts for that matter. And I mean, I think we all know this, but BC just isn't recruiting those type of guys who are, you know, who all of them have gone on to be NFL quarterbacks. And, you know, some of them had, have had more success than others, but that's a whole different thing. Like Matt Reeve was, a, or not, sorry, not Matt, Emmett Moorhead was a, you know, a high, maybe a high three-star recruit that usually those guys aren't starting as true freshmen. You know, I think back to like when I went to the spring games when I was in college and I saw guys like Anthony Brown and Sam Johnson play as true freshmen. And in the spring game, they were making tons of terrible mistakes. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you put those guys in at that time against live bullets, against live competition in the ACC, it's going to go worse than what Grossell is doing right now. I can promise you that. And I get your frustrations, folks. I do. Just you have to be patient with the with the quarterback situation, too, because Reeve came in last year. Moorhead came in this year. They're both young. And I hate to say it for those folks that are yelling at me already that Peter Del Portis is going to be the next best thing. He's a developmental guy too. He's going to need a couple of years. So you're going to, these guys are, they don't come to Boston college just ready and just throwing them out there. Isn't going to improve their, their, uh, this isn't a game of Madden. I keep saying this where at the end of the season, they, their, their stats go up plus six because they played in a couple of games. It doesn't work like that. Like they're not ready yet. You have to go with what you have. And, and again, get mad at me all you want. And I get it. Like I, I'm, I got people still, still yelling at me about this. Halfley said it as much on Sunday's press conference. He said, I'm not going to do anything crazy. So he's basically, you read between the lines. What else is he going to talk about? He's talking about his quarterback. He's not going to go out there and bench Dennis Grossell. So I get your frustrations, but we have uh, six more games left. You're going to be getting a healthy dosage of Dennis Grossell, barring something weird. And listen, like if if there are blowout games, you know, if let's say like the next two weeks, BC goes on the road and just you know lights up Louisville and Syracuse, and we get to the fourth quarter and it's a three or four score game, put them in because you know they've, I love this new redshirt rule where you can get guys into up to four games and just get them some reps. By all means, please do that because, you know, those reps, they're good to have. They won't really affect the game, but you can at least experience live football and everything. But not a start. And, you know, uh, this is going to be lofty, but there was another quarterback at BC who registered his freshman year and was named the starter only because of an injury. And in his sophomore year, he wasn't named the starter initially. That was Matt Ryan. He didn't become the true blood, true and blue full-time starter until 2006, which is his third year in the program. So, you know, again, like you were saying, BC does not get these, you know, high four or five star guys that are ready to come in and compete immediately at college level. And that's just because those guys are super rare, like guys like just I mean, you know, Justin Fields, I'll say he should have been the starter at Georgia, but 
Kirby Smart had this weird loyal Jake Fromm. We saw Trevor Lawrence come in and take the job. Jalen Hurts did the same thing, and there were multiple five-star prospects ahead of him. BC does not have that luxury right now, and that's that's fine. I I'll I'll, I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate here, and I get it. Like there are times where Grossell just doesn't make accurate throws. It's mostly deep down the field, but there are some other ones where it just misses. And I, as a, you know, he's like a redshirt senior guy. Like he should be making these throws more consistently. I'll stipulate to all of that. But again, I think that if you put in this other quarterback, I'm, I'll just go back to a schematic football, specifically on field football thing. You're going to limit what the offense can do. And if you're further limiting this passing game by putting in a guy who can't execute the whole offense, that's going to affect the run game. And it's just going to completely neuter the entire offense. Yep. Like, just think of like, if you're watching a game, right? Like think of like good quarterbacks, like Tom Brady sits there and he points out, uh, he, he, throw, he points out blitzes. He points out where to bl- like point out his blocking, all that kind of stuff. You know, Dennis Corsell does pieces of that too. If you throw mm-hmm. Emmett Moorhead out there, he has no clue how to do that yet. He's not there yet. And that's a piece that younger quarterbacks have to learn. And unless you're ready to nuke this entire season to say, Hey, let's get a freshman out there. Then that's not really worthwhile. And, and I had another point to bring up too. As we talk about developmental quarterbacks, I think I get the sense that maybe folks are getting a little spoiled thinking that like not really understanding the the concept of what Phil Dracovic went through before he got here. Cause I think people are thinking like, Oh, Phil Dracovic just came here and he played immediately and he was great. That is he, a, he's a blue chip and B he was at Notre Dame for a couple of years, learning systems and learning all that under Ian book and, and Brian Kelly. So don't use him as a, as a reference point. I don't think that's a fair thing. Yeah. And like when he went to Notre Dame, like, and this is kind of another Justin Fields, Jake from situation is like, he probably had more talent than Ian book because Ian books bad. Um, but I think Brian Kelly said like, this guy is our future. Like this is, he's like the best player I've ever recruited. And, you know, Phil got it, was able to get in some games after his retro year in garbage time. And again, like I was saying, those reps are extremely important, but they're important in the sense of that because the game doesn't matter, but you can still come in and just learn, okay, like this is how I have to react in certain situations. This is how I'm understanding the defense. You know, you're getting help from all the coaching staff and that's great for play. And so, you know, Phil comes here as a redshirt sophomore and he's played a handful of games. He knows what he's doing. And even, even he needs some more seasoning. You know, I think about like when Anthony Brown was the starter back in 2017, like he came out and, you know, I mean, Anthony Brown's basically still the same player that he was in 2017, five years, four or five years down the road. But, you know, there's a lot of things that he was missing just because he was so young and didn't have that experience. And yeah, the guys that the people are might be clamoring for, at this point, you know, that I think you'd kind of be seeing that all over again. The other thing is, and we said this yesterday, like, again, like I was saying, like, this game is not as disastrous as the final score indicates. It was a really close game at halftime. Then, again, things snowballed. That's kind of on Halfley. Blah, blah, blah. We talked about that. But this season is not over. Like, there are winnable games ahead of a, ahead of the team. It, we're sitting, the team is sitting at four and two. I still think eight and four is on the table. I mean, if it's seven and five, I will definitely be disappointed, but it's possible, like, but, you know, I think there's a good chance this team finishes with its best record since, you know, before Frank Spazion, it was even here. Yep. I totally agree with you, Mitch. Well, Mitch, thank you for joining me. Uh, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Mitchell T. Wolf, W-O-L-F-E on Twitter. Um, in addition to my football content, the new season of The Bachelorette will be starting on Tuesday. So if you're into that, you can follow me there. I usually do live tweets, those episodes. And, you know, that's kind of my non-football hobby that I enjoy doing. <laughs> 
Excellent. All right. Thanks, Mitch. Uh, and we'll be back with more in just a moment.